Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buffuto. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Caviar Dreamers, and we're here with the fabulous Deals on Designers, Paige and Maria. And by the way, I knew your name's Maria, and I had the urge to call you Mariah, which is not right because it's spelled in such a fabulous way. With well, a, thank with you. With a Y. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining thank us Thank you today for joining us. In thank you studio. for having us. We have so much to discuss because obviously as women that live for clothes and fashion, and obviously both of us were trained in fashion. It's something that's such a passion to us. And we know that it's a huge passion for you guys. Mm -hmm. How did you start Deals on Designers? And tell us a little bit about the company. Oh, gosh. Where do we start, Maria? Uh, <laughs> well, Maria started it initially mm -hmm. with our investor, I guess about a year and a half before I came on. And Deals on Designers, we're an online consignment platform. But it's definitely been like an evolution since the beginning. Indeed. So we started by working with nonprofits. We started it as a way to find a sustainable way to help people and also satisfy a passion within you. And I've always been very much into clothing and fashion, but also I needed to help people. And so both Paige and I met at a consulting gig mm -hmm. and we were both consultants and we weren't satisfied with what we were doing. And then I got an opportunity to work with a nonprofit here on Long Island in New York that creates jobs for people with disabilities mm -hmm. by collecting unwanted clothing from corporations, households, neighborhoods, and sorting it and selling it. And they really needed some help. So I came along and started helping them. And as we were doing it, because we're in New York, we realized there's a great opportunity of the product that we were collecting was such high quality mm -hmm. that type of stuff that people were donating, that we can actually retail it instead of just wholesaling. So we decided to start a company, Deals and Designers. And so we started that mid-2018. We got a warehouse on Long Island. We built a website and all that stuff. Well, let me just ask you, when you were coming yes. across some of this stuff, were you ever like, oh my God, I want this for myself? Um, yes, oh, all, all the time. <laughs> yeah, now, were you like going to these people's homes and, were, and were, were there like a lot of designer pieces, like the Gucci's, the Chanel's, and, and people were doing this because of course it's going to a nonprofit, so people want to be charitable. Yeah. They were oh, getting yeah. a tax write-off. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We first started with Rewearable, the first nonprofit that helps people with disabilities. And then I guess it was last May, we started working with Pink Aid, which is an organization that supports women who are suffering from breast cancer. Yes, I saw that on your website, Pink Aid. Yes. And so we've raised like a lot of money for them in the last year and a half. And it's been just it's been so seamless. Like, I feel like that's kind of what we bring to the table is a seamless solution. Like you're providing good, you're donating, and you're also like cleaning out your closet and doing it in a sustainable way. And so and there's plenty of people that obviously will do both consignment and like donate to said nonprofit. Okay. I love I love this concept because listen, there's other places that do that you could unload your clothes to or that I have done which I found not so seamless and not that I want to take down the real real, but I'm just saying I've done it. The girl texts me all the time, like literally every week I'm in your neighborhood. I'm like, I send stuff. And so sometimes with the real real, it's just cheaper to keep it. Yeah, Like you're not getting that much. So you just keep it. Yeah. And some things I had sent, they didn't think were fancy enough. I had some Rebecca Taylor. I had, which, you know, maybe it's not Gucci it's not my Sergio Rossi shoes that I had sent or whatever designer maybe I was unloading that day, but they were not taking it. Now, when I went on deals on designers, I saw that you guys have every level. Yes, yes we do. Of mm-hmm. fashion. And is that because the sustainability factor is that obviously there's a market for it because you're selling it? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a combination of two things. One is this, this, this sustainability factor, because, again, we live in a country that is very diverse. Yes. Right? There are people in this country that live in places where they have to drive 30, 60 miles before they reach a nearby mall. For them, it's easier to come onto our website and order that Mm -hmm. used Gap, used Levi's, and have it to be delivered to their door straightforward for free. Mm -hmm. Then they're driving 30, 60 miles. And then there's other people of the world, right, and of our country, and a lot of them. We, we will talk about the millennials and Gen Zs that are seeking high-end pieces, which they can't afford at a full price, but they are willing to spend a bit more money for a lightly used, gently used, you know, designer piece. So our country is super diverse. Yes. And so, so is our company. I love that. Now tell me, do you guys have an authentication process? Because... There's so many fakes out there. Yeah. Yep. Or, you know, people on my show, not it's not my show. I just want to say housewives <laughs> known to carry fakes, accused. Wait, there's no a, way. It, yeah, exactly. There's, a, <laughs> exactly. there's an Instagram site that calls me out the real bad fashions. Thank God I've never been on there. I don't know why anybody goes on TV carrying fakes, pretend they're real. Well, the tragedy is Jen Shaw was just yes. obviously I mean, pled guilty, being sentenced etc etc and when the feds came in they seized hundreds of thousands of dollars of counterfeit yep. goods that's the real tragedy if you're going to, you're jail, going to jail for, for fakes i'm like a, appalled. i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you, embarrassing. you stole all that money and you still bought fakes exactly. what a shame yeah. no i'm okay you know what's funny so yes. i um am a bravo fan i yes so i watch it all i love it maria she does not watch at all and so, like, it's so I feel like her perspective, like, okay, we'll just need to give her some details sometimes. <laughs> yes. So, do you guys have, do you use an authentication service or you yes. guys just know you? We have a 30 party authenticator that we, you know, whenever we get high end stuff, we go and authenticate and bring back, and everything you buy comes with a certificate. 
Okay, so that's, that's great. So great. everything's authenticated. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, do you ever come across some fakes? Oh, absolutely. Yes. People try and unload it, and are they like, "Oh my God, I'm appalled. This oh, yeah. is real." Do they try and like? Yes, they'll they'll be like, "Well, I didn't know that was fake. I I bought it at the store," and I'll be like, "I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? It just isn't." So, and then I'll be like, "Well, I'm sorry. It just didn't pass our authentication standards." So. Because we're you can happy obviously to ship it back exactly. to you. Exactly. We're yeah. happy to ship it back to you. You can sell it somewhere else. Wow, there's wow. a lot of bad boyfriends quaking in the boots now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah. Fate exactly. Oh, some Gucci stuff. Towards oh, yeah. that narrative, it's also very interesting. Being in the a resale business is like a lot of people have so much attachment to their pieces, right? Be that something very, you know, like middle ground or something high end. Everyone thinks that their piece, their T-shirt, their sweater, their bag, worth so much money yeah and when they give us it's like i want this much money for it it has to be sold for this much money but you like you realize if you even just not market research not detailed market research not data history if you just like google it up see how much is gonna what it's gonna be worth and people are oblivious about that and it's very often that people want so much money for their used goods that I'm like, you know, it's like a car thing. You know, if, as soon as yes. you buy a car drive, and pull it drive out, it off the lot. half half of it is, you know, the value is gone. Yeah. So that leads me to a question of, I think about this all the time because like Carrie Bradshaw, I invested all my money in my yes. closet. Yeah, I have nothing in the bank. It's all in my closet. <laughs> and I'm okay with yes, that. It's, it's in many people's closets. Because I, many people's closets <laughs> at this point, I live at your house. And it's in about 17 of your closets. Yes. So when it comes to investment pieces, like everyone thinks, oh, I should invest in a Birkin. That is something that will Go retain up. its value. Oh, yeah, totally. And, Without you know, grow in value. Chanel mm -hmm. jackets. What, like, if you're thinking about splurging, where should you splurge now? Oh, that is a good question. I would say definitely still handbags because they def they hold their value really well, especially like your iconic handbags, right? Like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, like the black Chanel quilted bags. Like if you're going to invest in something, also investing in them secondhand. Like you can find great deals, not just at our site, but I'm not going to promo all of them. <laughs> but, you know, you can really find that it'll just sustain its value over time. It's not going to to your point, as soon as it gets off the lot, it just decreases. Wow, I should have gone into private equity. The first expensive bag I bought myself was the Chanel quilted. Oh, I have it. I know, you know. I'm smart. I'm, I'm basically piece. an investor at yes, this exactly. point. Mm -hmm. I'm so smart. And now, <laughs> and now what's overrated and not worth the money that people buy that you feel? Like streetwear that is sweatpants and sweatshirts that are just overpriced for the sake of it. Like, I don't know, I might get heat for saying this, but like Supreme, I feel like Supreme's a little bit overrated now. Yeah, and Supreme, sure. I think when it came on, my son was very obsessed with Supreme yeah. and I would draw him down there and we'd yeah. wait online whenever they would do a new drop I, or something oh, yes. like that. That was, it was huge. It was huge. It was and the resale on those items were crazy because it was a finite like drop of items that would happen and, you know, people would wait in line and they would end then online, the price would like skyrocket. But I also f thought that was an exciting time. Like I once had to go to Supreme in 2008 to get a Kermit the Frog thing, special edition for yeah. someone's little brother. And I rocked up in a vintage dress and they felt super sorry for me. And they were like, why are you here? And they put me to the front of the line because I must have looked so ridiculous. But it was like exciting. Fashion yeah. was exciting. It then. was. Now the market is flooded all the time and yeah. people are bombarded. It's kind of lost its excitement. Yes. So yeah, for sure. How do you feel about a company like Shein 
Mm-hmm. that knocks off every designer. Mm-hmm. Lexi, what were you telling me? They got this huge investment. Oh, it really annoys me. They just got a valuation for investment and they were valued at $100 billion, oh, which 100 is more billion. than H&M and Zara combined. <laughs> they put out 6,000 new styles a day. And that's it's not that's, sustainable. That's it falls apart. Yeah. And totally bad for the environment. Polyester, yes. I think it was something like, Fashion now makes up for like 10% of the plastic used in the world because polyester is obviously now such a big... I mean, you could literally catch on fire. Yeah, yeah. Walking down the street wearing Shein. I mean, you could self... Especially in New York. You could (laughs) self-combust. Right? So how do you ladies feel about that? Because I feel like, besides it's not good for the environment, it is really just a knockoff house. They don't have a freestanding store, right? It's online only. Mm -hmm. Online only. And it's just, it's... And I understand people can't afford all quality pieces. Quality pieces do list for what do you ladies say about something like well, Shein? Because that's why you you shop secondhand. You want a quality piece at a good affordable price. You go to a thrift shop, you go to secondhand markets, and you buy yourself a quality piece at a fraction of a price. Yeah. I think Shein, what, they've been on the market for eight eight years. Yeah, so about eight years. They're not gonna last. There has been a wave. There's a lot of young people and the economy is tough that we're in and people don't make as much money, but they want to look good and they want to accommodate to all the trends and they want to be trendy, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for Sheen and it's not sustainable for the economy. I think part of the reason it's funny, it's the juxtaposition that we're witnessing is we have Sheen rising, right? And then we have vintage secondhand market rising at the same time. So at some point, one is going to prevail and maybe it's self-interest. But I believe that the vintage secondhand market is going to prevail because vintage pieces, quality pieces, designer pieces, they're going to last because everything else, to your point, is going to be set on fire. Yes, exactly. I think it falls (laughs) apart. I love vintage clothing and I I love that's another part of your business Mm -hmm. is about vintage clothing, Mm -hmm. dealing in vintage clothing, Mm -hmm. doing vintage clothing store shows, excuse me. Yes. So tell us more about that part because a lot of people are like, oh, that's vintage. What classifies as vintage? How old does it have to be to say, oh, that's vintage? Honestly, I mean, this is crazy because I was born in 91, but vintage 90s is a thing now. Vintage Uh, 90s. It's called Y2K. How old do you feel right now? Well, it's 2023. So that's only like 30 years ago. I know. It's it's crazy. So but yeah. something 30 years Wait, old is vintage. The 90s is 30 years ago? It feels like no. less than that. No, that no. can't be right. So something 30 no. years ago is vintage. Apparently, no. according to if you Google it, they say it's supposed to be at least 20 years old. Oh, I thought but, 50. Yeah. No, yeah, no, there's like vintage 90s, 80s. Because we don't, we're like pure consignment, right? We don't like buy anything. We're kind of working with like some consignees that we have who just consign so much. Like we kind of work with them. And so they get a variety of things. And then we can identify based on the labels and based on kind of like the quality of the piece, like what era it comes from. Or I think the collection, the Philippe Vinay collection I was talking about before, that was Givenchy's partner. And it was like a collection that this woman, she had in storage for years and never used it. It was basically brand new. And that was all from the 70s. And like made in Paris. Like it's so sick. So I know. Vintage, really, oh. you could charge any price. <laughs> I, I don't think you can charge any price for anything. I also think like when we were talking about modern day brands and stuff, you also have to really 
observe and control of what's happening in the world, right? All of a sudden, Bella Hadid was wearing champion Carhartt, and that blew up. And your dad, yeah, at the true. same time, was mowing the lawn in the Carhartt and champion. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that is becoming a popular and trendy, and people are willing to shell money on yeah. for that. So it, it really depends. And it depends on the trends. It depends on the popular culture. Yes. And so it, you have to constantly be watching it and assessing it. But with vintage, it depends, really. Do you have a one-of-a-kind piece that nobody else has? Yeah. Do you have a piece that was, let's say, it's Karl Lagerfeld at this era, at his peak, that designed that? Yes, you can then ask for more money. So it takes so much research and knowledge and time consumed and digging into archives, speaking to people that have been there to properly price a piece. And I think between Paige and I, we also have this ideal in us that we don't own these pieces. We didn't create them. We only are people that will find it and will f find the right person to transfer it to who will appreciate it and love it. Yeah. It's not, I didn't create it. I want you to love it and cherish it. Yeah. Selling vintage can be, it's quite fun, right? Like, so yes. we're doing the show tomorrow. And Friday, it's just like so much fun. There's like 90 different vendors and from um, all over the world. Yeah, from all. Wow. Of, yeah, literally London, Paris. It's called like Manhattan Vintage Show. It's in Chelsea. Is, is the one in April going to be there also? Yes. Yep. Manhattan. OK, people, oh. Manhattan Vintage Show in Chelsea. Yes, yes, in Chelsea. It's in February, April and then again in October. And the vendors will kind of bring so like mostly winter clothes, but a little bit of spring. April, it'll be like all spring. And then October, it'll be like a fall show. But like I said, there's 90 different vendors. And what's really cool is that some of these vendors, they because they are, they like source, so they buy, they're collecting and there'll be vendors that like just do the 50s or like just do the 80s. And just do whole, the 20s. Just do the 20s. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, crazy. And, yeah, it's so much fun. So we've been talking about this a lot between us recently about like, fashions and decades because there's been all this controversy over yes. this Sam Smith video where like he's in a corset with nipple pasties and I don't even get me started on that I have so many views <laughs> about that I think it's fine and if Madonna yes. did it and Cardi B doesn't do anything Sam worse Smith than that Sam Smith should yes, be able to do it too he could do whatever he wants but exactly. this is my with thing with a voice like that yes that's when, what I was saying right he should be able to do whatever he wants but the point is like in the 80s there were clear trends like new romantics guys were an eyeliner there was Vivian Westwood and pirate mm, yep. boots and things like that and then like in the 50s you had clear trends what will be the defining trends of where we live right now that's what's depressing to that me that is such well for me it's more exciting really yes <laughs> and you know why because you can take a piece from the 20 and a piece from now and a piece from 30 and make it your own. Society will always be dictating us what we need to be like, what we need to do as women, what our position is like. But in terms of the fashion, I think this is maybe one of the, maybe not the first, but it's that era where you take something from your grandma's closet, you take jeans from your mom and you rip it up and paint it black and who are you? And this is you. And I think that's what I really love about the secondhand and thrifted and vintage clothes mm -hmm. is you choose who you are and you show who you are 
via the fashion, via combining belts and accessories, you can wear three, four belts at the same time. Why do you need to wear one? Also, like me and Maria, full transparency, <laughs> didn't like I didn't shop vintage prior to starting deals on designers, like literally not really at all. I wasn't in it and involved in it. And I feel like in the five years that we've been doing this, we've seen the change. Women feeling more comfortable buying something secondhand. Like mm -hmm. I think the the taboo, it's still a little bit there, but it's slowly, I feel like it's really changing. Yes. Yeah. I always shopped vintage. I had a big thing for vintage. Yeah. To me in my head, vintage was like, it was older. It was like, if you call it vintage, it doesn't feel as secondhand. Mm -hmm. yes. I feel like secondhand to me comes across as something current. A current thing. Like, yes. oh, oh my God, my girlfriend Kathy like Steinberg just unloaded that Gucci bag she didn't want. So yes. I'm going to go pick it up at a lower price because well, I didn't yeah. want to splurge for it. Vintage sounds I feel like, like vintage you're looking sounds for something. more special. Mm -hmm. Secondhand so, sounds like it's being given away. Yes, right? exactly. Like vintage is aspirational. Yes, vintage like, sounds right, aspirational. Oh, no, that's definitely for sure. I think like secondhand, when I use the term secondhand, I would say like, because we sell a lot of it online and we get a lot of it. Because Do we sell, sell a lot of the vintage online? No, no we don't much. sell the vintage yeah, online. No, you're right about that. You it's don't more, touch, it's right? more in person. Yes. Because yes. with vintage, you have to touch it. You do. You have to see it. You have to smell it. Yeah. You know, you have to try it on. Well, and... I don't know if I want to smell yeah. it too much. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Some of, I mean, some that's of the freaks maybe. That's a whole other <laughs> thing. Could open a vintage OnlyFans. That could be like a whole other section of a the market. A vintage OnlyFans. Like you could <laughs> sniff the vintage stuff. That's like well, the I don't, high I prices. You, is there smell-o-vision these days? Well, I don't I mean, know. No, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Vintage OnlyFans show. So No, someone once offered to buy someone's tights after a show in Brooklyn. Okay, so vintage pieces. Yep. What is there anything particular that people are looking for now? I feel like Western has been very big mm. with vintage. True. Yes, Western yeah. boots. Didn't we just get like a cowboy hat or something? Yes, yeah, Western like, for sure. Yes, Western for sure. Leather or suede jackets with fringe. Oh, yeah. Yes, which I feel, mm. I think Westerns, yep, I'm telling that's you, like I think TVFX at Yellowstone, very big. Yellowstone is so and good. And I Graham. think that's why that Western show. Vintage has really made a comeback. So happy oh, yeah. I have multiple jackets with fringe <laughs> somewhere in a storage unit. Yes, I think that really affects what is going on. Mm. Now, do you mm -hmm. guys travel around the country? Yes, actually. <laughs> that is a great question. This is the first year we are start. Well, no, actually, technically, we left New York State last year. So, yes, we've got there's another show in Massachusetts called Brimfield Antique Show. I'm very familiar with Brimfield. Antique oh, really? Show, I was a big antique shopper as well. Vintage. No antique. way. Love a good Brimfield. Oh, oh, my God. So we our first show was last May. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Last we've done May. Three of them. And we've done three of them. We basically got a 40 by 2010 and we were like, why not? And so we packed up a U 25 foot U-Haul truck. U truck. You will sponsor us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Maria, basically, anytime we just like sign up for things and then you just figure it out. Right. We're like, we have the inventory. Let's just try to do this show. So we drove up. We built the 40 by 20 tent. So we're like one of two vintage sellers in our section. But like they loved us. And it's like a totally different environment than Manhattan Vintage. Like Manhattan Vintage is like expensive, high-end, like people. It's like kind of snobby. Yep, collectors. 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 Exactly. Snobby yeah. collectors, yes. Yeah. But at Brimfield, we get a lot of people like fly from like LA and they're sourcing for like movie sets. Mm -hmm. Like the Stranger Things was? 
I don't remember. It was there was two, it, it was name, two teams they that bought a came lot of to us. Yeah, stuff. they bought six. Yes, seventies and eighties. Yeah, it was like a seventies and eighties. We got a collection of new tags. Um, yeah, I guess it was yeah, it was seventies and eighties new tags, vintage, like authentic. And they bought like a ton of it at Brimfield. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was really fun. So yes, Brimfield. And then in two weeks, we're going to Nashville. <gasps> I think, I I think is now, is that for a show or is that just source? No, 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 for the show. For the show. We don't source. What, people just come to you? Yes. They yeah. know. Deals on designers, not yeah. just to unload their current merch, but to unload their vintage. Exactly. Yeah. So now, what, what Paige has mentioned that, you know, that 70s and 80s pieces that we've got was a gentleman that approached us at Brimfield and said, yeah. you know, he does house cleanouts, right? And so this one passed away and her children wanted someone to clean out the house and they called him up. He came up across the house and the house was filled with brand new inventory from 70s and 80s with tags, vintage tags still attached. Seems like she used to have a boutique where she would sell this stuff. Yeah. And then she passed away. And then he's like, I have a storage unit full. So Paige and I come back from Massachusetts Monday. We rent another van Tuesday morning and drive back to Massachusetts to clean out, to pick the up this whole unit. storage unit. And it's like the most incredible like Wrangler with the tag, like brand new wow. tags that no yeah. longer exist. It's like a time capsule. It, wow. is. Yeah. it, it is. It totally. is. It's absolutely it's fascinating. Really cool. The amount of times I get goosebumps or tear up when I see these things is <laughs> yeah. a couple times a week. Now, do you see a difference when you find clothes from the 70s and 80s in the quality and in the construction to like going into a store and picking up a T-shirt today? Well, yes, it's interesting. So one of a friend of ours, she has a vintage store and she sells a lot of vintage teas and the vintage tea market is it's its own animal. Mm, right. So I agree. Yeah. And so like we don't have as much expertise, but as friend, she she does it really well. And so like we got a collection of vintage teas. And she was telling us like single stitching on the bottom, if it has the different brands on the tag that are like older, like little like, nuances here or there. Also, if there is a date at the bottom, mm -hmm. if it's like a vintage tee that's um, from like, like a, a band, band tee. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. That's oh, so. band tees. Yeah. I, I like to collect band tees. I love tees. good vintage yeah. band tees myself. I think that's a big market right now. Oh, it, it definitely is. We don't like that. Honestly, we don't have that much. Like I said, we take everything. So anybody wants to. If anybody wants to unload anything. Exactly. Feel you, free. Feel free. You're taking it. So We're you, taking it. We can definitely sell it. <laughs> okay. So, people, so well, you're not looking in the obituaries, though. No, no, no. It's the other people who are doing the cleanouts. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's on. It's been I feel like what's great about what we're doing is that, like, we've taken a quite organic approach to our growth. So, like, it's been a slow, but also kind of fast in a way, mm -hmm. um, like growth. And so. Every time we've done a show, we just like pitch the fact that we do consignment. And if you guys want to consign with us, like, please do. And Maria is a better networker than I am. So she'll like send more follow up emails. And then slowly but surely, based off of like the service that we're providing, it grows. Like that's how we like at Pink Aid, you know, with the nonprofits, we did a good job on Long Island and then it got expanded into Connecticut. And so it's really putting the work in us just kind of like hustling 
and people appreciating it. All right, let's get down to the little business part. Yeah. How do you inventory all these things? I was just going to ask that same thing. Well, let's my, see, we're one more. I'm like thinking to how do you manage this? Like, how can you possibly? Yes, because like yeah. someone's coming with Aunt Tilly's, it. you know, house full of stuff or, yeah. or someone's, on, you know, giving their closet that, you know, they're unloading the gap. How do you separate by by clients? How, you know, I don't want to, you know, all the, I, we're not trying to help someone else create their yeah. own, cons- you know, business consignment. That is but, Perfect or maybe question. we are. I no, <laughs> this is this is I think one of the reasons and the answer that we're going to give to you. It's one of the reasons that people choose to work with us than other people is yeah. we do have a proprietary software system. Okay, mm-hmm. that allows proprietary us. software means they're not telling us it's a fucking secret. <laughs> we don't even think about taking it. Wait, you remember how, you. like at the beginning, just a little bit, we told you we came from a consulting world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we have a proprietary software system that allows us to track every single item before it comes through the door to you or to you. And it goes through, you know, comes through the door. We assign an ID to it mm-hmm. and and all of these accolades. Mm-hmm. And then it moves through our system from a cleaning station to a photography station to a data entry station to then inventory. And then if it t- was taken from inventory and brought to Manhattan Vintage Show or some of our pop-up shows, it'll be tracked through there. Yep. And then if it's sold, it goes directly into your account immediately and says, your item was sold for this amount of money. This yep. is your payout. Give it 14 days as the return window. And then here's your money. Yeah. So that's how it is. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's very, very impressive. How many employees do you guys have currently? It's about 20. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's on, a lot. Onshore and offshore, we have, you know, we have yeah. people working at the warehouse. We have some developers that helping us out with the website and the software system, some retail people that we work with. It's it's about 20. Mm-hmm. Do do people also consign to you people who have boutiques and can unload some of their inventory? Yes, actually. Yeah, no, that is that's a lot of where our vintage pieces come from. Are really? Like, yeah, are people that either had or like still currently have shops and they kind of travel from show to show. And because it's it is tricky, right, to to like have all these items and keep track of everything and inventory manage, right? So we have an ability to do that. And they'll be like, listen, I've had these pieces for like 10 years. Like, I just want to unload them. And then they come to us and we're able to help. You don't take underwear. No, but we will take it at slips. Slips, Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm a vintage slip collector. Yeah. I have two slips for you from the 20s and 30s. I'm a big, I used to wear, that's vintage. I call it vintage Marge because Marge used to wear. A lot of slips yeah. as dresses a with a little with a little uh, cardigan. Mm-hmm. That was my look. Yeah. Oh wow! I, which that I like. like a great look. I feel sometimes I have to bring it back. I have to bring back my uh, classic Marge. Classic Marge. I love that. Yes, I I love that look. But I slips that was a- are good because there's no crutch. It's like if something has a crutch, that's when it gets creepy. You see now, slips got a huge comeback last they year. They did. They did with the Y2K Gen Z crowd. Yeah, because I think yeah, that's, yeah, much younger than me. But yes. that's they, they, <laughs> but no, but the, but they just like they are inspired by you. Yes, that's what yes, they do. Yes, that, that was that was my yeah. big look. That's what I used to wear all the time. I thought it was just very easy to throw on. Uh huh. And and I always love that vintage slip look. Now it's a slip, a bomber jacket, leather jacket, and cowboy boots. Yes, that's a good look. Good I look. like that look a lot. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you don't let people return vintage things, do you? No, we will. We do. Yeah. No, we have. Uh, because all of our items are like posted online as well. So like everything that 
well, not for Manhattan to show at the time, like we're waiting because we want to do an exclusive shop there and then we'll post everything online right afterwards that didn't sell. At all of our like pop-ups and stuff, everything is tagged with the scan ID. So like that item is also like on marketplaces and on our website and stuff. What about fur? You guys have vintage fur? We do. We do. Yes. Do you want to hear about a very special piece? Yes, I would love to hear about a very special piece. so So we have a Fendi fur coat. Wow. What's (laughs) up? I want to know. It's when Fendi was the fur maker. Yes. When he just started. It's from the 60s, I think. I believe so. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's bigger, but honestly, it could be like an oversized look. It could be altered. (laughs) It's interesting, Paige, but you say it's bigger, but we've had a handful, dozens of people trying it on. And we had women from five feet tall to seven feet tall trying it on from size small to extra large. And it was fitting because, again, the craftsmanship of that coat, it's it's amazing. And it just fits you beautifully. And Mm -hmm. what does a a Fendi fur go for? Yeah. A vintage Fendi fur. That you could tell us that price. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. It's on the website, too. So people can see it's about 10 grand. That's not crazy. That's not bad at all. Exactly. We are deals on designers. Deals that on design. Exactly. I thought you were going to say vintage like 40. Fur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what kind I mean, of we'll fur is it? 40. Yeah. Um, I think it's mink. mink. Yes, it's yeah. mink. That's not bad. Not at all. Yeah. No. Yeah, right. The, the lining needs a little help. But other than that, the outside is in pristine condition. It's just someone needs to create a little support on the inside. Yeah. I mean, you take it to a good furrier. Now, what do you check? You know, because some people are like, I'm a known vintage fur wearer. Mm-hmm. I have many vintage fur coats. I have them redone. I have them relined. I get a lot of flack on Instagram mm-hmm. when the mm-hmm. Marge is wearing her vintage fur. But I would say it's recyclable. Yeah. It's sustainable. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't out there killing these animals. Mm. They were dead a long time ago. It was someone's grandmother or great aunt. What do you say to these people? Because I do feel like it's recyclable and sustainable. Maybe unpopular opinion, but I kind of agree with you. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you. I think that it's already been made. It's vintage. You're reusing it. You're not throwing it away because what what will happen to it, right? If it's where's it going? Exactly. Yeah. Where is it going? Like it's yeah. going to be then thrown into a landfill. Like that's even worse. Like let's just reuse it. Let's rewear it. Let's you know once you're done with it, sell it. Yeah. Now I I love a vintage for a moment. I feel like it's very it's a statement piece. I agree. Well, uh-huh. sofa is also not sustainable and very bad that for the true. environment. That is and true. that's been a big, when Gucci dropped real fur and went to faux fur, that was a big uproar from what, what they're not called like climate. I'm going to totally butcher the term, but there's like a term for people who are into like ethically sourced fur and leather, which I feel like I would be that person because I like fur. I wear leather. I wear fur. I would like it to be ethically sourced. Yes, of course I want it ethically sourced. Fake fur is worse for the environment. Of course it is. It really is. is. It's polyester. It's Mm -hmm. like plastic. So it will not ever Mm -hmm. decompose into the environment. Yeah. I agree with all of you. And we've Mm -hmm. had these conversations many times because, again, bringing fur, like, should we, should we not to the shows? What kind of response are we going to get? I'm not supporting of killing animals for the sake of fashion you know i think it's no, no, it's no, i think no. it's all the way in the past but the pieces that have been created now i feel like it's almost an honor to these poor animals that have been killed to carry on 
with these beautiful pieces yeah, let's, that have yeah. Let's memorialize that. Exactly. Yes. Let's, I think exactly. I like that approach better. No. I think I agree. So. Yeah. Those coyotes. No. But it is interesting, yeah. though, because we sell to, like, you know, a variety of ages. And it's definitely not as popular amongst, like, like the younger generation. What, the fabulous vegans? To, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so evil. <laughs> no, no, not like, at all. No, people I think so I'm Cruella DeVille. I think you're more realistic. <laughs> well, no, I yes. just, I'm so yes. here for us. Well, it just, it, for me, vegan comes to a point when someone is like vegan about the animals, but then they're wearing leather shoes. It's like exactly. a very, it's a very difficult. I mean, if you're difficult. vegan, you got to go yeah. full vegan. You got to go full mm-hmm. vegan. You gotta don't now, come you gotta to You got to go with you the shoes. Pick, you you got to go, go full vegan. I don't want to hear the bullshit. No, you got to not wear any leather. You have to live it. Breathe it. You better come yeah. Stella McCartney style. Yeah, like exactly. You be full vegan. I want to see your house. Yeah, we're coming in. We're <laughs> yeah, coming I'm to coming look. in. Full yeah. search. Yeah, investigation. Exactly. Well, we ask everyone who comes on the podcast a couple well, of questions. I, oh, I want to oh. ask one other question. Oh, though. go ahead. I just want to ask some basic questions because I because I feel like they're very in the know. Yeah. Any stain removal secrets Ooh. I should know about before we get to the yes? Good question. Oh, good. good. Okay. Good stain oh. because listen, they're dealing <laughs> yeah. with all the. Yes. The secondhand clothing, yep. the vintage. What's the stain removal secrets? Oil stain. Oil stain. Okay. Yes, let's go. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you take a little bit of dish detergent thing. What would that, like a Dawn or, Dawn, or something like anything, that? Dish whatever detergent. you got. Rub it in, pour a little bit of water, and then just work it. Work it into it. One of the things, you know, your dish detergent helps to break the oil down. Yeah, you got oil. detergent. That's a good call. Yeah, yes. The grease. And the, you need a little bit of water on it because the water is going to absorb that oil to lift it up. Okay. A little bit of soda, like baking soda, is also really good for oil stains. So you got an oil stain, put a little soda right on it. It's going to absorb the oil. The baking and lift soda. It baking soda. Baking it's going to lift it up. So... That's that. What else? I like that. Is the paper bag and the iron a myth? Or does that really work? Because some people say if there's an oil stain, you put a paper bag and then you Mm. put a hot iron and that will work. I've never tried that, but it's really good for like if you've got a wax. Wax? Wax. Yeah, like Like, like candle wax. (laughs) Yeah, that will lift it up as well. Ah. And it will leave nothing onto it because the paper is going to absorb it. And then the heat is going to transfer wax from the, you know, the garment to the paper. Mm -hmm. Dry clean the vintage. Are you big with the dry cleaning? High end pieces. Yes. Yeah. High end pieces. But we don't do it a mass. Like we don't do it a lot because does does the dry cleaner give you guys a good deal? A decent deal. You know, it could be better. Okay. Right. If you're listening, dry cleaner, it could be better. Yes, exactly. Step Step up. need a better deal. Step they bring you up. a lot of business. Exactly. Always have a Tide pen on you. Tide pen. You like pen. the Tide? I I use a lot of baby wipes. I have the oh, shout really? wipes. I like the little baby I wipes. Shout. I feel like I don't have the wipes. wipes. I have the little one that has like little tentacles in the end, and you just rub it in. I, like I don't. Have I feel like tentacle. a makeup wipe also takes out of some stains on the go. Because oh, yeah. get your makeup off. Yeah. So it takes the stain out of the clothing. Mm-hmm. All right, that was good. I like the door. I like that idea because it really cuts the grease on the dishes. Yeah. So it's going to cut the grease out of your clothes. On the stains. Mm-hmm. On the stain. Okay. So all right, Lex, go ahead. Now we could go yes. with our classic questions. So we okay. do have three questions that we ask everyone, and these are kind of business centric questions. Yeah. Um So. We always accredit Marge's success to 50% determination, but also 50% delusion. Delusion being a good thing. Optimism and grit, let's say. Mm. How do you accredit your percentages? Like, how do you think yours stack up? Oh, my gosh. That is a great question. 
I would say it is. Does it have to be 50 50? No. What are your percentages? Yeah. No. 30%, I would say, is luck. Okay. And then 30% is like hard work because I feel like opportunities come once you put in the work. And then the luck has got to kick in because you need a little bit of luck. And then another 30, I would say, would be the people around you. So like Maria is we're just really good business partners. Like what I'm not doing, she does. And we just don't blame each other. And I feel like that's so important when you're spending like literally every day together all the time. And then you're you're like dealing with real issues all the time. And that happens when you're running a business. Like, of course, (laughs) we know we know. Yeah. Right. Like you just get hit with fires are going are coming up everywhere. So we know. (laughs) (laughs) And the other 10 percent. I guess brains, like you just got to, but I feel like anybody can build that brain. So I'll give brains 10%. Everybody cannot build that Exa- brain. <laughs> I'm around people who can never yeah, build that brain. On a show I with think some 10% of these is just being you. Yeah, being true to I yourself. Mean, it, it could be even more than that, but like staying true to yourself. And you're right. Luck is there. Luck yeah. has to be there and it will kick in. Hard work is so funny because like we run a business and obviously we have a team that helps us. Mm-hmm. But Paige and I are on the floor every day, every single day. Most of the time it's we have sweatpants, leggings, yep. you know, sneakers, T-shirts, sweaty bun on top, on the floor, picking things up. Like today we had a 10 foot truck U-Haul parked at the warehouse, loading it in for tomorrow's show that is parked in front of my apartment right now because tomorrow will be up at 4 a.m., you know, driving and loading. So it's a combination of everything. And I think it has to be this amalgamation of all the things and Mm -hmm. you can't let one thing drop. I think that's one thing you forgot is the passion and determination. Okay, yes. And being stubborn no matter what, no matter how many no's you get, it just like, I don't care. I'm going to continue on no, because exactly. I believe in us. Yeah. Being very like, yes, that is so true. Like stubborn <laughs> too. We both admit that we are stubborn, but like determined, like a positive. Yeah, way. You know what I mean? Yes. 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 That's what I say. Determined. Yes. And if one of us ends up being wrong at one point, like mm-hmm. one of us will back down. Like we're not going to, we're not going to die on a hill. Now we're dying on. Just keep focused. And keep your ego out the door. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Definitely. Yes. So I say, I would like to know, you know, as they ask everybody, what was your big girl panty moment when you guys were like, this is our sink or swim moment? Like, I got to pull up my big girl panties or this is going to bust. I have an answer. Okay, go for it. I think is when Paige joined the company and we started work together because we worked together very well as co-workers before. Right. Mm. We were co-workers. We were friends and we were brilliant at that (laughs) time. And then Paige came in as a co-CEO, as a co-owner. And then we now had to step in into a very different role, right? Mm -hmm. Both of us are decision makers. I have one opinion. You have a different opinion. You have one opinion. I have a different opinion. Now, how do we manage a team and then might have different opinions and how do we work with each other? And obviously, we caught a handful of clashes and disagreements and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But I think the earlier comment of like leaving your ego out at the door, it was like, it's not about you. It's not uh-huh. about me. It's about the success of the company that we're building that we both believe in. And so a couple of these disagreements that we had, she had to call me out. I had to call her mm-hmm. out and we had to sit down and say, what do you want? What do I want? Mm-hmm. And how do we get there? Is it about you? Is it about me? Or is it about the baby that we're trying to 
birth and raise and build. And I think that was, for me, it was that sort of like pivotal moment that we're like, this is it. Oh, yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I would also add, I think when me and you started doing the shows. Oh, my God, yes. Exactly. So Deals and Designers started late 2018. I joined in 2020. And so obviously it was only basically like a year in and then COVID happens. So everybody's at home. So we and we started online. So that was like a positive. Right. So we were still able to sell. But like we had never sold in person. So once we started selling in person, which was about a year and a half ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing like your consumer in person. It made it click for me. At least I was like, wait a minute. People like this. Like people are intrigued. Like a variety of ages want this. Right. Like we sell to every like on a variety of ages, everybody from like moms to kids to people our age. And I feel like at that moment, that's when I was like, no, we're onto something here. Like we have to see this through. Yeah, you have to make mm-hmm. it happen. You yeah, knew for that. Sure. We have to pull it, pull it out. Yeah, no, definitely. Yes. What would be your most entrepreneurial advice for somebody starting a business today? And I know you come from incredibly smart financial consultancy backgrounds, but like the real shit, like the real talk. Yeah. (laughs) I would say like, don't, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. And also don't be afraid to just ask questions and put yourself out there for opportunities because that's when they come, right? When you just put, Marie is very good at sending emails, following up, asking like for help better than I am. And I think that that is really integral into helping yourself grow because you can be smart, but if you're living in like your own kind of silo, nobody else will see it. And then people won't be able to respond to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's that's very good. Take risks, fail, learn from it. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Keep on going. If you really believe in something, then there's probably something in it. But it's also when you fail, learn your lesson, pivot, pivot, keep on going forward, pivot again, pivot again, pivot again. I think I've learned that lesson when I went to school. I took this internship class when I was in university and they brought alumni from our department that everyone studied the same subject, but they were all doing completely different thing in life. And they were all telling us their life story and how they started. We all have the same degree, right? But everyone end up in completely different situation. I think for me that clicked. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You just keep on going. You learn, you persevere, you follow your passion, you change course, but you just keep on going forward. Just don't give up. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I think that's great. I was a finance major. Maria was an international relations major. And now we're both running a fashion company. Like, you know, <laughs> I know. That, it's great. I love it. So tell everybody where they could find you, because I love this story. I love it's everything we discussed. Deals on Designers. Yes. OK, well, thank you so much for having us. It's dealsondesigners.com at dealsondesigners on Instagram. And then I'm Paige, Paige Alexa on Instagram. And And Maria Karatko. You can find us at Regeneration in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. That's a little department within Artisan Fleece. We're there Thursday through Sunday every week. Mm -hmm. Come Mm -hmm. see us. If you want to meet Paige or I, we're there every Saturday and Sunday ourselves. Thursdays and Fridays are ran by the retail people of the market. Mm -hmm. Follow our Instagram for the pop-up markets. Visit us at the Manhattan Vintage Show. Yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah, stay tuned because in a couple of weeks we'll be road tripping it to Nashville. So. All right. <laughs> I think that's exciting. I can't wait. Follow the line. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. I'm sorry you having us. Thank you. No, this was so fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Me too. I love it. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers!